Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 27th day of April. I'm Paul White. We have just a few days in front of the essay edition. Let's see where we're going to land. Yesterday, I told you I thought we could get to the Mountain of Transfiguration by then, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not going to change the way we've been doing this. Just We'll just let it, the chips fall where they may. It, it, it might be right here closer to the end of the eighth chapter. We have some things to say today, beginning in verse 32, where Jesus... He's just told the disciples that he's going to suffer. He's going to be rejected by the religious leaders. He's going to be killed, and in three days he's going to rise again. Something I didn't bring out enough yesterday. I need to say it again today. When Jesus tells them this is all going to happen, they would have thought, at least I think, this is my personal study of this era, this context, uh, Judaism, in the empire as we know it, dispersed among the empire, my thoughts are if Jesus had told them I'm going to suffer many things and be killed, they would have assumed he meant in battle, leading an army against the Romans. But he makes it clear that I'm going to be, I'm going to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. This is a direct way of showing them This isn't going down the way you think it is. He spoke this word openly in verse 32. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, Peter must feel as if he has the right to do this. Maybe because, you know, Jesus, he just said to Jesus, you are the Christ. And as we told you in Matthew's version, Jesus says, or Peter says, you are the Christ and Jesus says, oh, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. This has been revealed to you by the Spirit. Maybe Peter feels like, okay, I'm at kind of a different level now, so I can say what I really think to Jesus, and I'm going to rebuke this. And I don't necessarily know for sure if Peter's rebuke is that Jesus will die because dying um, is part of being a Messiah, it, it it lasts or it's part of being a deliverer, at least in their mentality. But when Jesus says it's going to happen at the hands of the religious leaders, he's picked their heroes. And this is hard for us to get because we think of the disciples as seeing Jesus as the ultimate example of righteousness. And they do, but they grow into that. What they've grown out of is seeing the religious leaders at that level. So, Jesus saying, these guys are going to do this to me, could have caused Peter to go, wait a minute, not only do do I don't think you're going to die, I certainly don't think you're going to die at the hands of my own people. It would be kind of like saying to to an American, I'm going to go off and I'm going to do this and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. And the ones that kill me are going to be our own government or our own army. And you would say, wait a minute, you can go suffer and die. That's part of your patriotism. But don't say that we're going to do it to you. It would be defensive that would rise up inside. Jesus doesn't confine the conversation to just him and Peter, though. He doesn't allow that to happen. Verse 32. But when he had turned around, I'm sorry, verse 33. When he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Okay, 
Peter called him off to the side and rebuked him. Jesus then turns to face all of the disciples. Peter's sort of the leader of the twelve. Um, he appreciates Jesus in more ways than we can probably imagine, but this is a bridge too far to say that you're going to die, and certainly that you're going to die at the hands of the religious leaders. But Jesus doesn't want to confine the rebuke to Peter, which tells me, I don't think Jesus is out to prove, to make Peter look stupid by looking back at the other disciples. I think he's turning to the other disciples because he's rebuking not only Peter, but all of them by saying, look, you are working right now as an adversary against the way I'm supposed to do this. Because for the Hebrew mind, the word Satan is the word adversary. They didn't think of Satan in terms of the way we do. We know this, and I've talked to you this about this with you before. The first time Satan appears in the Old Testament, it's about the Lord. The Lord as the angel appears before Balaam, who's on his way to curse God's people, he appears as an adversary. The Hebrew word there is hasatan, the adversary, the one who stood in the way. It comes to mean any adversarial position. So when Jesus says to Peter and the other disciples, I rebuke you, Satan, he's not saying you are Satan as a figure. He's saying you are being Satan to me right now. You are being an adversary. This is why you've heard me say, I think that many times you are Satan to yourself. Many times you are your adversary. Sometimes other people can be your adversary. Sometimes it is an attack of the spirit realm. I have, I've had that where I'm, I'm positive. It was something going on in the dark forces of the spirit realm. But we don't make the automatic assumption that Jesus is rebuking an, an ontological being called Satan. He's rebuking the spirit behind Peter and all of the disciples for this reason. Jesus tells us, because you're mindful, you're not mindful of the things of God, you're mindful of the things of men. This sounds a lot like Paul to the Romans in Romans 8, 6. The carnal mind is death. The spiritual mind is life and peace. If you think through the way of carnality, which can even be the way of religion, and I think that's the point he's making here too, it'll, it's, it'll kill you. And man, I found that to be true. Carnally minded doesn't just mean sitting around thinking about sin, but it's thinking through the, the framework of this world, its system, its way of doing things. No matter how right it appears, it'll kill you. you. You've heard me use this illustration before. It's right for the men to take up stones to kill the woman caught in the act of adultery. They have the moral high ground and they have Torah on their side. But it's the way of the world. It might have Torah on its side, but it's the way of the world. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't refute it. He's not going to refute the way of God. Instead, he says, neither do I condemn you. Now, the woman has to believe that. And so putting our minds in the place to think the things of God versus the things of men is continuously the great challenge. It's part of who we are and what we are. So I think the Holy Spirit rebukes us from time to time when we start to think through the lens of the world more than through the lens of God. And we can do that as well in our own lives. 
That leads us to 34. He calls the people to himself with his disciples also. And so now he doesn't want to confine the speech that's about to come only to his disciples. He wants this to be to the public at large. We have a couple more days before essay. We're going to try and work on this, take up the cross, and maybe we'll land right at transfiguration uh, on the 30th. But we're, we're, we're getting much, much closer, and we're going to turn that corner on chapter 9 very soon. I hope you have a great day. God bless.